You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Phenomenal. Thank you so much. Keep your Bibles out here as we are in the book of uh, Ephesians. And we have been in a series uh, premised with this passage of Scripture as our, as our, uh, as our, our, our uh, jumping off place here as we look at our springboard here. Ephesians chapter number 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And we have, we have had this series under attack, and there is a spiritual warfare that we are in. Every single one of us are in this battle. For those that are saved, there is a battle uh, for not your eternal destiny. There is a battle for your eternal impact. For those that are, have not had a, a place where they have put their faith in Jesus Christ, the battle first and foremost for you is your eternal destiny where you will spend eternity. And there is a warfare that's going on. And just because a person gets saved doesn't mean that the, the uh, battle goes away. The battle is heightened because now the impact is greater. And so we see that there is an attack that we are under. We looked at, uh, first of all, just uh, the impact uh, under being under attack, the spiritual attack with our faith. We looked at with the family, uh, religious relevancy, the impact that the church has uh, and faith has in the community, in our, in our areas. Uh, we looked last week at focus. And this morning, I want to look at an area that ties right in with uh, where we have been with our theme, as well as the, uh, as, as we have launched the Ramsey uh, Solutions uh, Project, uh, just dealing with the spiritual attack of our finances. Your finances are not a personal matter, they are a spiritual matter. Oh, don't get quiet on me already. Finances are spiritual. You see, as a child of God, it's not just that he has a right to a tenth. Everything belongs to him. We are then stewards of everything that God has given to us, and then he asks us uh, to give him the, the tenth, the tithe, the offerings back to him. Uh, and then that is sort of the starting place. But what we find is the battle isn't just on our giving. The battle is who we are going to serve. So here I want you to see with me, uh, we have an enemy. And we look at uh, an attack, we look at warfare and spiritual warfare, we understand there, there is an enemy, Right? We have an enemy. You have an enemy. First uh, Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There is an enemy that we have, and he is resilient, he is ruthless, and he is relentless in his pursuit of destroying you. 
He wants to destroy you. He doesn't just want to stop you. He doesn't just want to distract you. He wants to destroy you. And so uh, we look at that and we see that there is a, uh, an admonition that the Lord gave to us that since we are in a spiritual battle, that we are to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand. And so he said, put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And so we have an enemy, the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, uh, the Lord tells us. In Ephesians 6, 13 to 18, uh, the Bible says this, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We are in a spiritual battle, and we have to be protected against that battle. We send our soldiers into a combat zone, and before they go into a combat zone, they are, they are trained with and they are equipped with a armor that will help them to be as safe as possible as they are in a dangerous place. There is no way to completely protect anybody. But there's some, some armor to put on. And when somebody chooses to disregard the armor that is there, they're asking to become a casualty. Spiritually speaking, Christians, are we putting on the whole armor of God? We have got to be putting on the armor. How are we going to stand against the evil one if we are not putting on the armor of God. And so we are under attack. And uh, the Bible, take your, take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, we find a, uh, the Lord given some direction, and he, and he, he ties everything in uh, with this, uh, this area uh, of finance. He, he ties this all in, this spiritual warfare. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, look with me at verse number 19. Uh, the Bible says, Lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, but lay uh, corrupt, and where thieves bring Break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know what? The battle is for your heart. The battle's for your heart because your heart determines who you're going to serve. Our heart determines who we are going to serve. And we are under 
attack. And so let's pray together. Uh, Father, we do thank you for your word, the clarity, the power that's there, the instruction and guidance that you give to us. I pray that you would just uh, give me uh, the words to say, your people, the ears to hear, help all of us to be sharpened and helped and strengthened in our own faith. Uh, Lord, may we follow uh, your plan in our lives. And so I pray that you would work. If there are one, there is one here today that does not know you, may today be the day that they put their faith in Christ for salvation. Uh, for those that are saved, uh, may we, we just reaffirm our commitment to you and help us, Lord, to, uh, to be on the right path in this life that you have given to us. Help us to be what you'd want us to be for Christ's sake. Amen. So here in Matthew chapter number 6, verses 19 to 34, uh, we find the proper, uh, the proper emphasis on finances. We, we find here that the Lord himself is laying out this area of finance. Now, don't get worried. This is not a t- message on tithing, uh, though, uh, though that is an important message. This is not stewardship month. Uh, but the reality is there is a battle as I said last week, for our focus. And if our focus is wrong, then our impact is then going to be wrong. So here he, he looks at and gives us here in Matthew chapter 6 uh, the proper emphasis on finances. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He, he is, when he talks about when he's talking about resources, he starts talking about heaven. He's not talking about down here on this earth. There is a premise for everything that we do. There is a purpose for everything that we do. And for the believer, it is not the here and now. It is, as the songwriter wrote, the by and by. Uh, It is not about what we do down here. It is how we are living that will impact eternity. And so we see here in Matthew 6, the proper emphasis on finances, we see the proper emphasis then on commitment and worship. And it's all tied together. So look with me at verse number 21 again, uh, Matthew 6, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So he's tying this together, not only the treasure, now he is tying the heart and he's pulling the two together. Uh, Matthew 6, 24, he says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Read that last statement with me. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Read that again. You ready? Ye cannot serve God and mammon. He did not say you should not serve God and mammon. He said he did not say you probably shouldn't serve God and mammon. He said ye cannot. You cannot. There are polar opposites. And, and God knows what makes us tick. When he said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He's saying, listen, you can't serve money. You can't serve mammon and me. Because if you are serving mammon, your heart is with mammon. 
If you are serving me, your heart will be with me. And what you'll find also is so well your, your wealth, your mammon uh, will be there as well. You cannot serve God and mammon. Verse number 33, he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, what are they? These are all the things that, uh, that we do work for, that we do earn for so we can eat and drink and what's Whatsoever you do, uh, do all to the glory of God. Uh, so there are things that we still need in this earth, but the Lord says our focus is not on just preparing and supplying the physical needs of this life. That is not the focus. So we see here that there's an emphasis on the proper emphasis on finances, the proper emphasis on commitment and worship. Uh, and he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then we see the choice. The choice is ye cannot serve God and mammon. You and I are faced with a choice, and it's not a choice that we make just once. It's a choice that we have to make over and over and over again. There are things that are trying to grab our attention, always trying to draw us back to who we are going to serve, either God or mammon. Uh, so there is not an in-between here. There is not an acceptable compromise. Well, I serve God, but I also... No, there's, there's one of the two. You cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, there's commitment or there's compromise. Is that right? There's commitment or there's compromise. There is no in-between. And so here, the Lord said, uh, you are gonna do either or, you cannot do both. And so you can serve God, and you can serve mammon, and you can serve God with your mammon. But you cannot serve God or mammon. You cannot serve uh, one or the other. Uh, the word serve here is the word duleo, and it means to work for, to be a servant to. Now let's just stop and think. How many times do you feel like you're just a servant to your bills? Isn't that a reality? The toil, it says, the duleo, to work for, to be a servant to, to toil, to work, to serve, to accomplish. And here, when God says that ye cannot serve God and mammon, there's a choice. You see, it's about who we are going to serve. You see, the battle of our finances is not whether we give or don't give. The battle of our finances is over our heart on who we are going to serve. Are we going to serve ourselves and serve mammon, or are we going to serve our God? And in our lives, we make a decision and a choice uh, how we live, and it is going to be God or mammon. The word mammon here is an abundance of material possessions and resources. It is uh, wealth, it is assets. 
It's riches and money. The word mammon is used four times in the Bible, and every time that it's used, it is just talking about the overall uh, use of wealth or possessions. And you know what? Uh, when you talk about having the abundance of material possessions and resources, you know what that sounds like to me? The American dream. We have been programmed to gain. We have been programmed to work and to possess. And what we have found is we have become a servant to mammon. Well, pastor, I still tithe, but who do you serve? And unfortunately, in this spiritual attack, this attack with our finances is just one area where it reveals the condition of our heart. And we don't even recognize it many times because of uh, just that's how we've been raised, it's how we've been programmed, it's how we've been taught and how uh, we have uh, learned. It is work and gain and, and possess and, uh, and gaining things. And I'm not against that. Uh, I'm glad that Brother Ryan has a boat, uh, been on his boat. I'm glad about that. I mean, there's, there are blessings that we can have. God's not against us having possessions. God is against us serving, so all we can do is serving mammon so we can just gain possessions. He, is, he wants us to serve him, and the serving of him is really what the battle is over. It's a battle over our heart, and if we're not careful, we can be saved, we can be sitting in a church, we can give our tithes and our offerings, but our focus and our mindset and our heart is really tied up in that new house and that new car, that new truck. Uh, we got to back up on that one. Uh, the new gun, that new uh, outfit, that new uh, uh, whatever. You just fill in the uh, whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with possessions. God blesses people that are good stewards. You look at Abraham. Abraham loved God. He was the friend of God, and he was rich. You know what? That's what I want you to become. I want you to enjoy the blessings that are down here. I want you to be able to enjoy all that God has for us. We look in the scriptures and we see the, the people of God. They were a blessed people. Do you, want, do you want to see some people as a whole that are very wealthy? The Hebrews. The Jewish people are, as a whole, they are people that can make money. You know, you know why? God's blessed them. When we do what we're supposed to do, there are blessings that are tied to that. But the devil, he doesn't, he doesn't mind us giving a little here or a little there. He might not even mind us uh, giving a tithe. What he minds is who we are going to serve. Uh, many times we find that believers are unable to do something for the cause of Christ, and they are unable to do it uh, because they don't have time. Why don't they have time? Because... They are serving mammon. Serving mammon. You know, the, the world tells us that we just need to have more. 
Having wealth and serving wealth, though, are two different things. Why does Bill Gates need to keep working? Well, besides now half of it's all uh, Melinda's, but all right. Uh, you know, why, do, why does somebody that has that kind of money still need to be working to gain more? Why, do, why does a Warren Buffett need to be continually, and I'm not talking about just having a good work ethic, but I'm talking about uh, why do they have to be so engaged on trying to continue to build this wealth that they will never spend? Why, why is that? Our Bible tells us, Proverbs 27, 20, hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. And you and I, we get, we get caught up in this uh, of trying to get a possession and trying to gain, uh, work the extra jobs just so I can get this or that. And as soon as we get this or that, our eyes find something else. Why? Because the eyes of man are never satisfied. There is always something new. You get that new car, uh, and five years later, guess what? Uh, man, that new car isn't not new enough anymore. Now you gotta get a new car. Uh, and then uh, just things are always Always continually changing uh, the the possessions that we uh, have opportunities to get, and, and if we're not careful, we can we can get to a place where we are not content. There will never be enough. As a believer, we can be caught up in our own quest for mammon, not even recognizing what we are doing, and we make a choice: God or mammon. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will despise the one, uh, he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And so God here, when he's saying, you cannot serve God and mammon, why is that? Because they are two opposing views. They are two complete opposing views. God says, uh, my son, give me thine heart. The devil or uh, mammon says, no, give me your heart. God says, be content with such things as ye have. And mammon says uh, that you need to grasp and get everything that you can get. Uh, God says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And mammon says, this is my life and I am going to live to make me happy. God says, be careful for nothing. And Mammon says, seek and stress and strive to get more, to have gain. You see, Mammon is a ruthless taskmaster. God is a loving heavenly father that wants to enjoy his, all the blessings and bounty he has for us. And when we seek and serve mammon, we miss out. We miss out. Because we have surrendered God for a possession. That's where God says covetousness which is idolatry. So, oh, pastor, I won't bow down to a, a Buddha or I won't bow down to some statue. But God says, just like people will pray to some image 
some false god, when we are covetous, we are worshiping another idol. Possessions. Possessions. So I want you to see a couple things this morning. I've got a short message. Aren't you glad? Especially when it's on money. All right, number one, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. I've already said that. I'm going to say it again. You cannot serve God and mammon. To those that are in this section this morning, you cannot serve God and mammon. For those that are over on this side, I don't want to leave you out. You cannot serve God and mammon. For those that are online right now, watching by via stream, you cannot serve God and mammon. For those of you who are sleeping back there in the booth, uh, you cannot serve God and mammon. There is no way for us to choose to serve God and still to choose to serve mammon. And we have to make a determination, who am I serving? Who is it that is getting my service? Well, we go back to this service, we go back to serve, uh, and we find, what am I giving my time to? Or what am I not giving my time to? Well, pastor, I work a job. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. But how much are you giving to God? Service for God is not sitting in church. not. Well, pastor, I'm, I'm at church. I came to church. That's not serving God. That's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to worship. That is not a place of service. That would be like an employee going in, clocking in, and then doing nothing. And with that, still expecting a paycheck, the benefits, a title, a position, rights, respect. Well, I'm here. Well, the boss isn't paying you just to be there. There's an expectation you are going to do something. When God says serve, he is talking about not sitting. He is talking about acting. There's an action, there's a process that has to take place. And you and I, we can't serve God and mammon. And if I am not doing anything for God, I am not serving God. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be swinging a hammer or digging a ditch or teaching a class, but there is something for all of us to do to serve our God. And and here, when he is saying uh, that you cannot serve God or mammon, uh, this uh, this is a direction that he is telling us that we have to choose. We, we make a decision on what it is that we are going to do. Uh, so we cannot serve God and mammon. Secondly, you can serve God with mammon, with wealth, with riches, with uh, possessions. We have the ability to serve God with which he has given to us. So, so with that, this is, this is a area, our mishandling 
of resources oftentimes is the reason we don't have time to serve God. Because we improperly spend, we, am, we covet, we desire, we are, uh, we are not handling what God has given to us properly, then we in turn now, we don't even have the ability to serve God because I've got to keep on doing more and more and more so, so I can just meet the needs, whether it is my physical needs, whether it's all my, my personal aspirations or my personal desires that, of things that I want to have. And now I'm giving myself to all of of these things uh, in, in an attempt to just survive. That's not God's plan for us. His plan isn't for us to live paycheck to paycheck. That's not what God's plan is. You, you don't see you don't see any guide of or model of stewardship in the Bible that shows that we should be poor. Now, am I saying that riches are uh, spiritual? No, I'm just saying good stewardship results in, in the blessings of being a good steward. We look at how God gave us the, uh, the different stewards uh, in the parable of the stewards. Uh, some had one, uh, some had three, others had five. Uh, you see these, these talents were given, and these talents were given with the expectation of growth, not survival. The one that just hung on to what he had, uh, that is the one that was condemned because he didn't grow it, because the other ones each doubled what they had. What was that? Now all of a sudden, the, the master was blessed because of it, and now with that, uh, the, the uh, steward was given more to be able to manage and to care for, and I'm sure that there were blessings that he got to enjoy in that whole process as well because of his good stewardship. And you and I, we need to be a steward of what God has given to us. Our mishandling of resources causes us not to be able. There are people that are sitting here this morning that would love to be able to be more involved in the things of God. But because of uh, the mishandling of resources, you don't have any time. You don't have any extra hours. There's only 24 hours in a day. Every one of us have 168 hours a week and what we do with them, what we spend that on, but, but because of how we live and what is our focus, oftentimes that robs us of our opportunities to be able to do something that really matters. Our mismanagement of resources reveals our misunderstanding of true stewardship. We are not the owners. Do we have to go back to stewardship month here in May, June? All right. We are not the owners. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to him. It's not yours. Well, I worked for it. Who gave you the health? Who gave you the breath? Who gave you the strength? Who gave you the life? Who gave you the intelligence? It's all God's. 
It belongs to him. And we get things out of perspective, and then we find out that we are giving ourselves to something we would never say we are doing. If I were to ask you this morning, are you serving God or mammon? I don't believe there's anybody that would say, Pastor, I'm serving mammon. That's me. But let's sit down in my office and let's get a little yellow notepad and let's start looking at what am I doing for my God. And then let's draw a line and say, what am I doing for my possessions? Pastor, I don't have time to do this because we're going on a trip. Pastor, I can't serve in VBS because I've got a motorcycle, whatever. Or I've got a baseball trip or games or entertainment and money. And if you own a motorcycle or if you just got back off of a trip, uh, I'm looking over here, Brother Tracy now. He's got a Hawaiian shirt on. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with those things, but how many of our things are keeping us from serving God? Well, you know, we just bought this brand new travel trailer. And so, you know, well, pastor, we'll see you in about four weeks. See you in about eight weeks. Are we going to church while we're on that trip? Well, probably not. Are we going to pass out any tracts or witness to anybody? What's going to happen? How do we spend our life? You cannot serve God and mammon. And God is just saying, we have to look at what we are focusing on, what we are giving ourselves to. And so uh, we are not the owners. 1 Corinthians 10, 26, for the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. Uh, Psalm 24, 1, uh, same verse. Uh, We are stewards. We We are managers. We are not owners. We use and we serve. And we use the master's resources for the master's kingdom. We use what we have for him. Now, the wonderful thing is, we get get paid along the way. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The people that experience a generous a life of generosity, the people that are serving God and, and not allowing mammon to be their focus, they get to enjoy so much. It's amazing. We almost, it's almost as though we act that, well, you know, I, I just, I can't afford to serve God. You can't afford not to serve God. People start with their giving of the 10%, the tithes and the offerings. That's just the bottom. That's the, that's the entry point. And then, then as God blesses and you see and you take steps of faith and you give 15 and 20 and 30 and 40, and, and we have personally, we have seen how God has blessed us. 
And you think, well, how in the world could anybody ever give that kind of percentage? Well, what you find is that as you give more percentage, God just keeps on blessing. And now what you began with is far more than what you started with. And now you don't have to have as much. Uh, You have so much more that those percentages just work out. Brother Anderson, I've used him before. Uh, He is a a multi-millionaire. He said that his goal is to die broke. I offered to help him, but he never uh, took me up on it. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, he said, listen, he says, I give 90% of what I have for, to the Lord. 90%. And he still is a wealthy man. You know why? Because give and it shall be given unto you. You know what he said? I'm not going to serve mammon. I'm going to serve God. And God says, hey, you know what? I've got all kinds of blessings here for you. Now, does that mean that God's going to make every one of us a millionaire? No. But there is blessings by being obedient and serving him. And we may never get to a place where we can give 90%. We may never get to a place where we could, uh, we could buy and sell Walmart. You know, that might not ever be the case. But what we can do is we can determine, since we are in this battle, and this battle is for our heart, because our heart determines who we are going to serve. And God says, you cannot serve me and mammon. We've got to back up and understand that the world, uh, the marketers of this world, the devil wants to get your attention, to get you to go after anything but serving God. Churches, don't, they do not move forward for two reasons. Lack of money and lack of manpower. Do you know the cause of both? We are serving mammon. In serving mammon, we don't give. In serving mammon, we spend our life in the obtaining that now we have no time to serve God. Manpower and money. You see, it's bigger than whether we just give our offerings. This message is not even about you giving your tithes or offerings. This, This message is absolutely about Where is my heart? America as a whole serves mammon. And with all the advertisements, with all the allurements, with all of the possessions and advertising that goes on, I mean, there's new stuff coming up all the time. And it's like, man, that'd be cool. Oh, I'd like that. I just looked at a, got an advertisement. I'm not looking for a new truck. I got an advertisement for a brand new truck. I looked at that truck and I was like, wow, that's a pretty nice truck. And you know what? If I wanted to, I could buy it. But I know if I did, 
I would have to sacrifice some things that I do for God. Now, does that mean that if you have a new truck that you've done that same? No, it's just for me that would be the case. And each of us have to look at what and who am I serving? We're under attack. You turn that TV on, you're under attack. You turn your phone on and you look down, you're under attack. You get onto Amazon, you're under attack. Brother Hiles used to tell us when we were in college, he said, don't go window shopping. He says, you're in college, don't go window shopping. Why? Because you're going to see everything that you don't have that you want, and you will, you will choose to do it or get it, and you will walk away from college. And it was all a decision. It's a choice. And you and I, we make a choice. Who am I going to serve? It's not a choice of poverty to serve the Lord. That's not the reality. It's not a choice that now all of a sudden I, ha I have to give everything to God. No, that's not the choice. That's not the, the reality. God doesn't ask us for everything. But if he did, you and I should be willing to do it. After everything that he has done for us. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. We're under attack. There's a battle for your heart. Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And God says, listen, you put your treasure, and if your treasure is in the world, that's where your heart's going to be. You put your treasure in the things of God, that's where your heart's going to be. He said, oh, Pastor, I'll give if I, just, if I just have a little bit more heart for something, that's when I'll give. No, you give and then your heart follows. God knows how we work more than what we know how we work. And we follow his principles, we are the ones that win. You know, good stewardship results in you Maybe not being rich, but I'll tell you what, if you're a good steward, you will find yourself at the end of the month without stress, without fear, without anxiety of everything. Oh no, what am I going to do? Now sometimes we make bad decisions and put ourselves into a very bad and precarious spot. And we get in easy. That, that mortgage lender, that car salesman, they don't care about you. Well, Miss, Miss Galey might care about you. They don't care about you. They will try to go in and get you to spend as much as you can spend they will figure out whatever they can figure out to get you to sign on that line. And then all of a sudden, you're up to your ears in debt. And all of the pressure and all of the anxiety 
is yours. And it's going to take a little bit to get out of it. But by being a good steward, you can. That's why the church purchased the Ramsey Plus for all of our people. Why? So we can help you not have to be stressed and pressured and carry all that financial burden. It's just another tool to help you be a good steward. Take care of the resources that God gave to you. Make good decisions. And in doing so, you win. Deb and I, I think I said it the other day, how many, we've been married 33 years. We've been on a budget probably 28, about 28 years. You couldn't get us off a budget for anything. She can tell you to the penny how much money we have for insurance, car maintenance, car rep- repair, or whatever, groceries. Every item, every category is figured out, and it's budgeted, and we know how much money is there. The bill comes, it's like, oh no, we don't have to worry about it. Are we rich? No. But good stewardship principles that we were taught have blessed us so much. We don't argue about money. I don't have any to argue about. She has it all. (laughs) I'm sorry? Oh, just about buying guns, yes. All right, so that's a whole other topic. (laughs) So this area of... Stewardship, it comes down to our heart. God or mammon? And we're living for one of the two. One of the two. So where are we at? Where are we at? We have to make a conscious, a conscious choice if we're going to serve God. We'll serve mammon just by getting caught up in the things of the world. Just, it's how we've been taught. It's how we've been trained. But when we follow God's principles, we serve him, we put him first, we're the one that wins. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, just the blessings you give to us. Lord, you allow us to be your children. You have purchased our gift of, gift of salvation with your, with your son's blood. And, and we thank you for that. We thank you that we can be a child of God and that we have an opportunity to serve you. And now, Lord, as we do, I pray that you would help us to, uh, to keep our eyes, keep our heart. Lord, you said, keep your heart with all diligence diligence for out of it are the issues of life and and so may we recognize where we're at in our lives this morning maybe there's one here or a few that have been caught up in the things of this life maybe uh, they've just uh, gone through the motions and and they got sucked up into living for the the possessions that this world offers and and, and Lord I pray that you'd help them to make decisions that would uh, change that direction in their lives so they can enjoy serving you we can can't serve God and mammon. So help us now, please, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments will play. Uh, If you're here this morning, the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Let me encourage you to come. The pastors are down front and we'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God says about you going to heaven. Whatever the Lord wants you to do, you respond this morning. 
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.